As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. You're joining us in a month where we're focusing on building connection and community. And I have the distinct pleasure today to be with Chelsea Brinkley. I met Chelsea through the experience of us launching the Talent Magnet Institute. So we've known each other for maybe the last three and a half, four years. And Chelsea focuses on being an entrepreneur operator and a remote work coach. Chelsea believes you can do great work from anywhere and that your life doesn't have to revolve around an office building. How often have we all seen that this year? This idea made her a coach to remote workers and a hired gun for entrepreneurs who want to get the systems and processes in their businesses on track. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. So Chelsea, as I was thinking through the guests for this month's content, it was like, this would be such a great opportunity to have Chelsea with us in the studio in your first episode of the Talent Magnet Institute. So thank you for accepting our invitation. And based on what I see you doing worldwide in building connection, connecting resources and people with great resources that they can help optimize themselves and their teams, and also just your sense of kindness and community building that you bring with you into the work that you do. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Oh, thanks so much, Mike. What a kind introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Chelsea, so you had an experience of being an assistant to a chief digital officer in a multi-million dollar organization based in Nashville. So to those listening, you can think about the many very large, maybe one of the largest brands in Nashville that Chelsea worked with. But what led you to the experience of taking a pivot from that role into this world of travel and remote work? Yeah. So honestly, I think what ended up happening is I realized that I didn't want my job and my life to completely revolve around a building. So I got to the point where, you know, my husband and I were just constantly passing one another. You know, we both go to work and after work. They call it the rat race, the runaround. And that's exactly what we were doing. And I realized at, gosh, the age of 29 or 30, that this was trajectory of what my life was. And I was going, could I do this until I retire? And for me, that just wasn't an option. So I think we both kind of just felt run down, you know, at the age of 29. And I was like, I just don't think I can do this until I retire. There were also some conversations that he and I had where we had 15 vacation days a year, which don't get me wrong, I was very grateful for. But also at the same time, a lot of that was taken up with, you know, visiting family or going to weddings and especially around the holidays and that. And so we would really take just a few days vacation and time off a year. And so, you know, having that conversation of being like, I just feel burnt out. I just feel run down. And I'm only 29. 
and going, well, what can we do differently? What do we want our life to look like? So really, we sat down and had a very intentional conversation about if we could have our life look like anything, what would it be? And it was, well, I really want to travel more. I really want to see more family and friends. But we kept realizing the hiccup there was we had less time off from work. So we eventually were like, well, what if we worked remotely? And that began a whole conversation and led to a lot of life changes and led us to be able to work and travel and do that. Well, and you've been an encouragement for me to see how effective remote work can do, right? Because we've never worked with one another from being in the same city. I believe you were in Colorado or some place in the world, if your world travels, <laughs> when we work together. And the systems and the tools that you equipped us with as we were building a team that was mostly virtual at the time. So can you share with our listeners as they're thinking through whatever, whether they're going to work remote full time or they are looking at how can I help my team be more effective when they work virtually? What are some of the learnings that you had early on? Is there a particular toolbox? that you recommend everyone start with when they're beginning that journey? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I definitely believe you can, of course, do great work from anywhere, as long as you're using the right tools and systems and processes, like you mentioned, and you have those in place. And to be honest and just frank, I don't know that remote work is, everyone is built for it. I think it really does take a certain, you know, mindset, motivation. I'm the kind of individual that wakes up and writes down a to-do list of things I'm going to conquer for the day and all of that kind of stuff. But I do understand and recognize that everyone isn't like that. So it can be a little bit more difficult, you know, when you're working from home and maybe there's a lot of distractions or you've got kids running around or it's kind of hard to get yourself motivated. Completely understand. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. But there are a lot of tools that I love for remote work. One of my favorites is, of course, what we're using right now, and it's Zoom. And although I think communicating through your digital tools is amazing, if you have team members doing video calls every once in a while, really does help you stay better connected. It helps you create a culture connecting with one another. And even if you're just like doing check-ins or bi-weekly meetings or something along those lines, it really just helps cultivate that team and create that team. So. That's definitely one of my favorites is Zoom. Another favorite tool is that I highly recommend, especially if you're working remotely, is a project management tool because you're not in an office, right? So you're not able to just like pop next door to your coworker and say, hey, how are things going on that project? Where are we standing with that, et cetera. So using a project management tool my personal favorite is Trello, but there's also Basecamp and Asana. Those are wonderful tools as well. So definitely those are a couple of my big favorites. Are there tools that you use to keep notes synchronized and journaling synchronized and project file structure? Are there any tools there that you might recommend? Oh, goodness. So I'm a huge fan of Google Drive like and Google Suite in general. So I love that, especially because everyone on the team, you can make things editable. So you can make documents, 
where multiple people can be in the same document and making adjustments and changes where needed, right? And it all, I highly recommend, again, remote work, keeping things in sync in the cloud is really important. Don't download a document to your desktop, make edits, and then re-upload it again. You're kind of adding another step to the process. And if you were just to use like the Google Sheets or the Google Drive, it's automatically saved to the cloud. And then within seconds, another team member could see changes, et cetera. So Google Suite, big, big fan. Yeah, so it's interesting, Chelsea. Two weeks before March 14th, we had just implemented a few tools. One was Google Drive and one was Slack. We had never really used it. We also did a complete office transition from Microsoft Office to Microsoft 365. We also implemented a new applicant tracking system for our company all in the first couple of months and this year, 2020, and not having any idea what was coming, right? So we implemented all these tools and I can say now, being a believer, like now I understand why people love Slack. I mean, we use it every single day. You've got your database, your systems, Zoom, and Slack up at all times. And then the Google Drive thing, I just left a meeting right before we started this recording. And there were two individuals logged into their laptops, both making edits to the same doc while we were having a strategic planning session, right? So just these incredible tools that make it so much easier to collaborate and not have to do work multiple times. You can be working and be creating at the same time. So those are some great tools for those that are listening to check out. I was on a call just a few weeks ago and someone on the call with me said, you know, before 2020, I had never heard of Zoom. Fortunately, we do a lot of virtual, we've got clients all over the world. So, and by individuals and team members, like when you were working with us, it's like we use Zoom all the time, right? So I'm fortunate for that. But a lot of these tools have been new to people for this year, right? And we can't take that for granted. And I think you also, we're going to provide in the show notes, I believe a toolkit that you're providing on remote work tools and to know and tips as well. We're going to be providing to all of you listening if you go to the show notes that Chelsea has provided. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of piggyback on that, another favorite tool for those listening is LastPass. So this really is a password protector program. So if you find yourself, you know, when you're working remotely, don't text to someone the password, the logins to a particular site that you guys have or an account or something like that. It's a little bit dangerous to do. Even sending it in Slack, still hackable, still doing that. So if you use a tool like LastPass, you can load all of your passwords in here and share them with as many team members as you want. So, and another beautiful thing about it is once you update that password, it updates it for all of them on their end too. So just another security thing, you know, just to, the remote world, technology world that we're in these days, just protecting your information is really important as well. Yeah, it's a great recommendation. In fact, you're the one who introduced me to LastPass too. And I use it all the time with my family and with some of my colleagues. So these are great tools for everyone to check out. And that's what we wanted to do today as a part of the building community and building connection. These tools help us communicate more effectively. They're designed to create engagement and to create dialogue and to enable you to be more effective and efficient. 
I know it's something with uh, Chelsea, with your focus on creating systems and efficiencies that I can always count on you for what you're using is probably one of the most efficient and effective ways to work. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. I definitely put my tools through the ringer for sure and test them out and compare them against other ones. So happy to share them with y'all. So Chelsea, you, you have built a community around remote workers and around virtual assistants, virtual teams, this, this entire community to help people be more effective, to share, to build relationships, to ask questions, to celebrate successes. Can you share a little bit about that with our listeners and what led you to create that community, why you did it and what you're getting from it personally, and then what you're seeing others gain from it as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a community called Work From Anywhere. It's a Facebook group for specifically remote workers. And I created this because I realized, you know, as I've been doing this for a few years, there have definitely been some fails for me and some things that I have learned along the way that I just really wanted to share with others so that they don't have to walk through the similar thing. But also I noticed, you know, I had questions as a remote worker. And as a remote worker, sometimes you don't have people, you know, in the office, like I mentioned before, next door to poke your head in and say, hey, how do you use this tool? Or could you show me how to do this on my computer real quick? So you don't have access much as to your, you know, your coworkers and stuff. So I realized what a cool thing it would be to create a community of people who are remote workers who could ask questions to one another about how to use a tool, all for free, of course, and just to offer tips to each other to help each other out. And then we also share a lot of job opportunities too. So I come across and I hear about just from my work and network and that sort of thing, a lot of job opportunities, people are looking for different things. And it's a group of remote workers. So why not share it with all of them to see if anyone in this group would be a good fit. So it's really, really fun. I love leading it. I love coaching it. I'm very passionate about helping stressed out office workers become remote workers if they want so that they can create the life that they desire and they've been looking for on their own terms. So it's just a great community of people helping it really just helping one another out. And when you reference remote workers, are these individuals who are entrepreneurs and are 100% remote or are there individuals in here that have a corporate job but work remotely and are trying to learn how to operate more effectively? It's honestly all, all of the above. So I would say majority are freelancers or independent contractors, but you also have the small business owners in there, the entrepreneurs, some of those. And then also folks like my husband, who he works for a company, but just does so remotely. And there's still challenges there. Yes, you're working like with a company, but sometimes you feel silly maybe asking a coworker a particular question. And so you feel maybe a little bit more comfortable asking this broad group and then coming back and having the answer along those lines. So it really is just a variety of individuals. Well, it's been very helpful to me, again, as we starting in one year where people are in the office to, and not all, I mean, I shared with you many times that our team, we have remote employees who have been remote for 10 plus years. 
but we do have a group of team members who always come into the office that are now working from home for the time being. And it's been a great group to learn what people are using and how people are using it and asking and feeding off of conversation and gaining insights on how to. There's some of these tools that build connection and community by the nature of what they do, but it's still hard to adopt. It's hard to change based on one set of systems that you worked with before that now I'm having to learn a entirely new one. And I know a lot of people are in that stress, right, of having to learn new things while they're dealing with dynamics that they never thought they were going to have to do. Definitely. I mean, it can be really challenging and learning a new tool can be tough. So, you know, so one of the things I love to do is, for example, I use a tool called Zapier, which does a lot of automations for you. I love it. However, it can be confusing. So learning that tool. So whenever I create an automation that I'm like, oh, somebody in this group may find this useful. I'm just going to share, they call them recipes. So I'm just going to share the recipe for that automation to the group and walk people through how to do it. So I use Loom to record my screen and share the two-minute tutorial for how to do it in the group. And just hopefully like it can be a blessing to somebody else to where they didn't have to learn it themselves and spend the 30 minutes going back and forth and toggling things on and off. So little things like that, but definitely learning new tools can be really challenging. And especially going from an office environment to fully remote, there are a lot of tools to kind of get the hang of. So Chelsea, I'm just going to state one of the things that's come up a lot is the isolation of being remote, the loneliness factor that can take place. How have you learned to battle that personally? Or did you ever go through that? And do you deal with it now? And how do you pull yourself out of that? Goodness, absolutely. So definitely like the loneliness, the isolation is definitely a factor. You know, and I've definitely gone through that too. I'm very much an extrovert and I love people and I love hanging out with people and just going and trying to do all the things, right? So that is definitely a struggle. One of the things I've done for myself is created a community. So for me, I think it's just really important. And I just think like humans are relational in the first place as well. And so I do think like human interaction is really important. So if you are starting to feel like lonely or isolated, figuring out and creating a community is really important. So pre-COVID, you know, I've been working remotely for a while. But one of the things that I did was recognize I was feeling lonely and was going, well, what can I do like outside of the house? You know, I don't have an office to go into. So I joined like a sports league. I love playing softball. I grew up playing softball. So I joined a softball league at my church and that helped like every week go out and be around other people and play a sport and that sort of thing. So I think it can be done in a lot of different ways. Well, pre-COVID, but you know, maybe go to the gym or go to coffee shop and work from there. Another thing that I particularly really like to do is regularly scheduled video calls and phone calls with family and friends. So doing that a little bit more often, there's virtual cooking classes, there's, you know, virtual classes for just about anything. So really, I think it's just about figure out the things you already enjoy and figure out how you can do that outside of the home or create a community or take a virtual class like that. And many of these offerings are free 
or you can hire someone to do it for a group, right? I just had a group of executives in the Cincinnati area who I did not participate, but they basically hired an executive chef. They all got the ingredients of what the chef was going to be using. And they did, there were like 20 people on the screen that were learning from the chef while cooking in their own house. And all a group of friends, leaders in the community that, you know, have missed seeing each other, right? I know one of the business club that I'm involved with, the Metropolitan Club, we've done the same. We've done, you know, how to make special cocktails and how to do various things as a group. They have done their book clubs virtual. So there's just ways to utilize tools. And I know some of you listening are like, yep, I've been doing that for the last five months. But there's probably some of you that are like, oh, I haven't ever thought of that, right? So, you know, even as we're posting through the, the holiday season, what are we going to do with our teams? That's fun because a lot of organizations do things with teams during the holidays that you could probably do virtually. So, so just thinking about this and how to implement every meeting that's on Zoom or Teams or Google Meets or whatever tool you use, WebEx doesn't have to be a, a structured business meeting. You can also enjoy the interactions with your team, with your colleagues, with your friends, with your family to enjoy, just enjoy life. And this is how it is, but you know, we're going to do that. I think they, what well, they call it, corn, corn teenies when you make, have drinks and we're going <laughs> to get in on a, I love it. a virtual happy hour. We've done several virtual happy hours with clients and friends. So Chelsea, as you think through the relationship connection piece of remote work, are there any other areas or aspects? So you said you regularly schedule with close friends and family, just times to go ahead and sync it in the calendar. Are there other things you would recommend as people are looking to continue to build community? And, you know, I know I would love my team to be here in the office with me and not everyone is. So any other tools? Or ways? One of the things I think when it comes to building, you know, talking to other humans and your team and creating that culture, maybe it could even just be find something that you all want to get better at, or it could be something fun. If majority of the folks are like, I really want to learn how to knit, that's awesome. Join a group virtually, that's totally possible, and you can do it together. So I think, like you said, all of your meetings don't have to be like business oriented. I definitely think like have some fun ones. Like we are just people. So have fun too. And it can be a a very weird time for people. So enjoy, have fun as well with work. And I like how y'all do like happy hours. I think that's amazing. It's really just getting to connect with your team. And when y'all connect more, when everybody connects more, you honestly do work better together. So doing that for sure. And you shared travel that you and your husband love to travel. How have you been managing through the fact that many can't travel or are you figuring out ways to still do it? Have you all been traveling during this? When it was warmer, so we have a camper, a little travel trailer. So that was pretty safe to do. You know, national parks like some would be shut down. So one of the things we did when it was warmer in the summer is that we would take our camper out and go to a park, then go to campground and that sort of thing. So it still felt, you know, we're still getting out of the house, having like adventure and that sort of thing, maybe going to national parks. So 
Some of them were open, just, you know, limited capacity. You just had to make a reservation, different options. But really, we took our camper out a lot and explored the outdoors. Yeah, so we have a client that is in the camping space. They own a few different businesses, including they're one of the nation's largest franchisors for a large camping franchise brand. And, you know, the year the camping business is exploding, there were times early on where it was a little concerning what was going to happen with campgrounds. But then they say the RV industry, the camping industry is just, there's an explosion that was already happening because it was identified that younger families, younger professionals wanted to completely disconnect on weekends. So the RV business has been going pretty well the last few years. But now the camping space is doing very well too. So fortunately, we have a client in the space that continues to grow and navigate through change. But you mentioned the national, national sites. You all have been taking your camper to national sites and spending time in national parks as well. Yeah, definitely. Like national parks. There's also really great state parks. Even, you know, national monuments that aren't like park status in the National Park Service, but are still like amazing to go to. And just in general, looking up those campgrounds and finding places that we can go. We like going to Utah. So we live in Colorado, but we love going to Utah. It's gorgeous. And there's just so many places that you can go there. There's also BLM land, Bureau of Land Management land that you can stay for free on. As long as you clean up after yourself, you can stay there. So just looking for those spots as well. And it definitely helps fill the adventure that we seek and the travel that we want to do without hopping on planes and going internationally and things like that. So when international travel bans lift, where is the first spot you're heading? Oh, goodness. Well, of course, I'm like, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Probably somewhere warm and beachy. So I'm not, maybe Belize. We've been eyeing Belize and was like, oh, that'd be a good place to go visit. So, well, gosh, there's the bucket list is never ending. It's it's always going. Well, and I encourage our listeners to put it down on your dream list. Like, where are you going to go when things open up, right? I mean, we certainly had two vacations get canceled for this year and we hope to go to St. George Island next year, which was one of those. So, but give us your feedback too, right? So if you don't mind to those listening, either send me a note of where you're hoping to go once things open back up. Also, if you would include your favorite apps that you're using right now, we would love to do a follow-up blog post to this conversation on the apps and technology that people are sharing that they're using and enjoying. And then I'd love to include just a side note in that about the vacation spots that people are excited to go to, just to create conversation and community. We have a great following in the Talent Magnet Institute and our podcast, and it's great to learn from one another. It's great to hear from relationships, even though we may have never met or shook hands, but you tune in every week or in are catching up on episodes. We want to hear from you, right? We're going to provide, again, in the show notes, some resources that Chelsea has been so kind to offer, which I'm going to have her talk about a little bit in a second. But we do these things because we want to help all of our community grow 
expand, be more impactful, be more productive, and also help you in your leadership as you're deploying tools and resources to your team. Chelsea, we've been sharing often that many of these conversations, like the one we're having right now, someone next week can go and have the same discussion with their team, right? And say, hey, team, you know, I was thinking about over the weekend and my family was talking about where we're excited to go. And once the uh, travel bans rise, uh, where are you excited to go? Every time we ask these questions, we get to know people more. You get to see synergies and see similarities of yourself and them. And why I've never, I've always wanted to go there too. And I've never been. And, you know, this is about building culture and team, right? It's ways to use the virtual world and still continue to grow and connect with our people, which is what this episode really rests in of how to make these connections. You know, have you ever heard of Loom? I've never heard of Loom. I'm going to go check it out. Um, You know, I had never used Loom until um, late 2019. You know, these kinds of tools that make us all more effective, the kind of conversations of just have these discussions and get to know your people and what they're needing. So Chelsea, I'd love for you to walk through a couple of the resources that we're going to provide in our show notes that you were so kind to offer up. Could you walk through a few of those? I know we talked about, you know, an email management system tutorial, which I'm a huge fan of. It's changed my life (laughs) following the Chelsea Brinkley email structure of how to get, I never thought my inbox would be to zero. And there was a point this year, (laughs) I even messaged you like, Chelsea, both of my inboxes are at zero. So can you just walk through some of the resources that we want to provide our listeners today? Of course. So I have this email management system tutorial that I simply take 10 minutes to walk folks through how I manage my email inbox. I have several email accounts just based on the clients that I serve. I have about five. And so I get get a lot of emails every single day. And so I just kind of walk through the system that I've created for how to manage emails and get down to inbox zero at the end of every day. And like Mike said, it's totally possible. It can be done. And it's a particular system that I use that I think works. It works for me. But basically what I do with it is I use the idea of, I call it the urgency matrix. I think it's also called the Eisenhower matrix. But it's basically basically the crossover between things that are urgent and things that are important. That's two different things, right? And so managing your email using that thought process. So definitely sharing that with y'all for free, how I do that. It's helped a lot of folks. So hopefully it can help you too. And then another free resource we've got is the remote work tools to know and the tips. So having worked remotely for several years, there's just some tips that I've learned about, you know, creating boundaries and various different things in life that I think could be really helpful. So Honestly, what I had done in creating this document for y'all is, you know, when I started to work remotely, I started jotting down everything that was really helpful for me and all the things that I went through and I learned along the way. So whether it's, this sounds funny, but getting dressed, like actually getting dressed, like get out of your pajamas, little things like that, creating boundaries. Because to be honest, one of the things that I struggle with is closing my laptop at the end of the day. because. I can work from anywhere on my little MacBook Air. And so sometimes I take that to the extreme, and I do. And I find myself at midnight still working when I really just need to close down. 
and I'll be in a better headspace in the morning. So just little tips like that that I've learned along the way from working remotely for a few years. So doing that. And then if you're a remote worker, I'm selling my templates. I've got those. They're, again, what I've learned and what I use personally in my business. And then for entrepreneurs, one of the things that I do is I help entrepreneurs create efficient businesses. So I have a lot of workflow templates that I use. And so I'm also selling those for anybody who is interested and who could use them. Chelsea, thank you for all of that. I do encourage everyone. Again, I'm a big fan of Chelsea Brinkley. I'm very, it's an honor to have been introduced to you by um, our mutual friends, Lori Rudiman and Jennifer McClure. You've helped me add additional resources to our team based on certain skills and technologies that we use that we needed additional support on. And I use templates of yours. I use your email management system. I love it. It's been a game changer, right? So I do encourage you all to check out chelseabrinkley.com. Again, go to the show notes, check out some of the resources, both free and paid, that Chelsea wants to make available to you. And I encouraged her to do so because they've helped me. You know, I think we can all learn from one another. What we need is to be introduced to people who have strengths that we're trying to build or have strengths we simply don't have and need to learn from others, which is a big fun part of podcasting, right? We get to introduce amazing humans to our audience and our community and our listeners. And I thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you take advantage of some of these resources. So Chelsea is we leave and kind of depart here with our listeners and we go back to the theme of building connection and community. What does that mean to you? What would you like to leave with those that are tuning in with us today? Ooh, such a great question. For me and my thought is just be really intentional about that, about building connection and community. It can be challenging, you know, as you work remotely you know, if you're typing through your project management tool or through Slack, right? You're not hearing the tone of someone's voice. So something may come off negative when it's really not intended to be. And so jumping on the phone, so create that connection. If something feels off, give someone a phone call, hop on a Zoom, just be really intentional about that. Because with remote work, some things can be amiss, right? Like some things can be different. And so just being really intentional about that. And honestly, just giving people the benefit of the doubt in this crazy time, you know, maybe they've got little ones running around and all of that, and they're trying to manage home and work too. So giving folks the benefit of the doubt as well. Well, again, thank you, Chelsea, for your friendship. Thank you for your support. You know, again, there's individuals like me that live in different parts of the country and different parts of the world that you have helped in our effectiveness and our connectivity and our abilities to learn and grow and meet new people in a remote world. So I thank you for that and for joining us and our listeners today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Mike. I really, really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.